1: Join us. What we do for Christ has infinite significance. Jesus said, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Are we trusting God to affect the world for Christ and eternity, or are we charting our own course, consumed with the temporal pleasures of our finite earthly existence? Are we praying without ceasing, or are we ceasing to pray? For God called laborers to fulfill the harvest. God will never fail us. Are we failing Him? Listen closely with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today.
0: Turn with us to the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. This is the last message in this series. We'll culminate the series at this time. It's entitled, Where Are the Laborers? The scripture reads Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary, scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest look at verse 36 if you will focus on verse 36 if you're so kind enough but when he saw the multitudes he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherds where are the laborers with that being said, what causes God's people to scatter? We see in verse, 30, in verse 36, it says, But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and, you see that word, scattered. They were scattered. The people were scattered. What causes God's people to be scattered from his church? there are about four things or so that i like to say we'll transition what causes god's people to be scattered from his church number one pride causes god's people to be scattered in proverbs 16 18 it says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall pride is so destructive pride will bring down families pride will bring down your personal life as a matter of fact satan was kicked out of heaven because of pride you can lose your marriage because of pride you can lose your job you can get a phd and not hold a job one year because of pride and you still paying the the loan even though you've lost a job because of your pride pride uh, will raise his its ugly head in any and every one of us at any given moment, and you know the saddest thing is to be full of is to be full of pride and don't even know you got it. Pride, Proverbs sixteen eighteen says, "Pride goes before, destru- before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall." When any church is permeated uh, with saints who have too high of a view of themselves, this results in having wrong motives. Pride will screw up your motives. Pride will cause you to have a judgmental spirit. Pride will cause you to have condescending words to talk down to people, which is a sureish way to scatter and hinder the Lord's church. Pride will cause you not to wait on folk who are not where you are spiritually. Pride will cause you to be impatient. Pride will cause you not to love people and see people through the eyes of Jesus. That pride is deadly. it is dangerous. it is disastrous. What causes God's people to, to, to scatter from His church? Uh, selfish ambition will cause uh, people to scatter from the Lord's Church. In James chapter three. Verse 16, it says, "For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Every, you know that's big, underline that. Every evil practice comes as a result of jealousy, comes as a result of selfish ambition. Now, if that's the case, what is selfish ambition? This is one who is primarily concerned with his or her own self interest. This is one who is concerned with his or her promotion, and achievement of themselves. This kind of person will promote themselves to gain advantage to the exclusion of others. You see that? They they will promote themselves to gain advantage to the exclusion of others. This person also possesses an enlarged ego and an eager desire to rise higher than others through ungodly means. They'll do whatever it takes to get ahead of you. They'll do whatever it takes. They'll hurt your feelings. They'll connive on you. They'll stab you in the back. They'll throw rocks and hide their hands. They'll have this agenda to, 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 to achieve even to your demise. James 3:16 says for where you have envy and selfish ambition there you will find disorder and every evil practice because of selfish ambition Thirdly what causes God's people to scatter is false teachers In Acts chapter 20, verses 27 through 31, it says, For I have not shone to teach, to declare to you the whole counsel of God. In other words, the whole counsel of God is the entirety of the Bible. The whole Bible, the whole book, the whole counsel of God. This book uh, didn't have a binder and all that back then, but Paul taught and taught and taught the, the word of the living God to the Ephesian elders. Uh, Verse 28, therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit made you overseers to shepherd the church of God. The church belongs to Jesus. It doesn't belong to the pastor. It doesn't belong to deacons. It doesn't belong to elders. It doesn't belong to key people. It doesn't belong to influential people. It doesn't belong to people who've been here since the inception of the church. The church belongs to Jesus. I mean, he owns the church. You say, how do you know it? Because of what the scripture says. He, Jesus, purchased his church with his own blood. Verse 29, for I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. You know, in other words, people who have the wrong agenda in the church, they're not concerned about discipleship. They're just concerned about galvanizing people, uh, having stronghold on on people, uh, having people follow them instead of following Christ. Therefore, uh, verse 31 says, therefore watch and remember that for three years, Three years, I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. Paul knew he was leaving. And three years, Jesus uh, uh, Jesus taught and ministered and discipled his group of men that he called for three years. And then he left this business in their hand apart from Judas who betrayed him. Pastors must be faithful to teach the whole counsel of God so that the Lord's church will not fall prey, P-R-E-Y, prey to seductive false teachers and be swept away into heresy. Uh, Everyone that stands behind a pulpit is not the real deal. Every book that has Jesus on it is is not biblically and theologically correct. And everybody that's on the radio, on the Internet, you have to search the Scriptures They shouldn't just be saying what they think or what their opinion is. They ought to be saying what the Word says. It ought to be uh, in its proper context, historically, culturally, grammatically, in light of that book, that passage is in, uh, scriptures, letting scripture interpret the scripture to the glory of God. You want right theology. If you don't get the theology right, you're going to have a bunch of messed up people with wrong theology. And your time is too valuable to come to the Lord's house and hear messed up theology. Uh, Your family is too precious for you to be under any person who is dispensing false doctrine.
1: The universal church is commanded to seek the unsaved. No person, no place, no situation, no betrayal. No threat of physical harm was off limits to Jesus as he journeyed from place to place during his ministry to seek and save the lost. God expects no less from us. The Bible tells us to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways, we are to acknowledge him and he shall direct our paths. Our omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God will equip us with everything we need to obediently carry out his will. Number four,
0: false, doc, false doctrine will cause people to scatter. Number four, what causes the church to scatter? Moral failure causes the church to scatter. First Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2 says, It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. This is in the church. This is in the Corinthian church. But I'm going to tell you something. All of the sexual immorality is not gone. There are people right under my voice in this congregation, uh, right under my voice by radio, internet, who, who sit in the church, who serve in the church, have positions in the church, and they're sleeping with somebody that's not their wife or not their husband. That's right. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> there are people under my voice who, who are loaded and infested with pornography. And, and, and so it's a, it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that does not occur even among pagans. Some things going on in the church that even the world is not doing. He said, even the world knows better than this. A man has his father's wife. Now, you know, that's low. And you are proud. Shouldn't you rather have been filled with grief and have put out of your fellowship the man who did this Well, I just turn my head, and it shall come to pass. No, it's not going to come to pass. Sin has to be dealt with. If it doesn't, it will shipwreck the whole church. If sin is not swiftly dealt with in the Lord's church, then it becomes infectious and contaminates the whole church, which weakens and causes the church to lose her testimony before an onlooking world. 1 Corinthians 5, 2b says, shouldn't you rather have been filled with grief? Hold it. Shouldn't you rather have been filled with grief? Y'all see that? that? There it is. Shouldn't you rather have been filled with grief? Does sin bother you? I mean, when you say with your mouth, when you say something, you say, well, I'm not committing sexual sins. It doesn't have to be that. Some of you, your mouth is out of control. You can kill a person's spirit with your mouth. You can kill a person's dream, a person's motivation. You can slander a person. You can gossip against a person. You can talk down a person. And, and, and that person never get, gets going again. And they live in, in recovery because your words are just pounded and pounded. Some husbands do it to their wives. Shame on you. Shame on you. It's verbal abuse. You don't edify. You don't build up. You find something wrong. You're nitpicky. Some wives do it to their husbands. Some children do it to their wife. Mama, I don't like this. What are you doing this for? I don't care. Bad attitude. What? <laughs> you better deal with that attitude. You better deal with it. They eating your cornbread and your beans. They opening your your, your refrigerator. You not gonna talk to me here. If you that grown, then go pay your own bills. <laughs> Just come visit me. <laughs> then go home. I don't have to put up with your attitude if you of age. Won't y'all say amen? Amen. Sinning with your mouth. So so, uh, you don't think sexual sins, some folk have murdered folk with their mouth, with the tongue, killed folk, murdered folk. Are you even grieved? Does it bother you when you hurt someone? When you hurt someone? When you sin in your thoughts, your deeds, your actions, your attitudes, it ought to bother you to the point that you are driven to your knees and you look up to heaven and cry out to God and say, God, I repent, I have sinned with my mouth. Have mercy on me, Lord Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over my no good cussing mouth. Yes. The scripture says in Matthew nine thirty seven. then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. With that, I'd like to ask, ask a question. Why are there so few laborers for Christ in the church and world? Why are there so few workers for Christ, laborers for Christ in the church and world? Number one, there's a shortage of workers for Christ, because of selfishness, people are too selfish to to labor. Many believers are so consumed with their own interests until they are not interested in the spiritual development of other saints. They're not really uh, interested in it. So, and it's because of selfishness. Philippians chapter two, verses three through five says, "Do not do nothing out of." Selfish ambition, there it is again, or vain conceit, rather in humility. Value others. We're to value others, and only a person of humility can do that. Above ourselves. It's not putting ourselves above others. That's conceited, that's proud. Not looking to your own interests. It's not about you, but each of you to the interests of others. Verse 5, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. In other words, you know you're growing in Christ when you think like Christ. When Christ is at the center of your thinking, are you like Christ? If Christ is not at the center of your thinking, you are not like Christ. Christ should govern govern your thoughts, your thinking. Christ should arrest your thinking. And when satanic thoughts come into your mind, do, do y'all have satanic t- thoughts intruding your minds? Yes! Say amen. amen. Don't you sit up here and tell me every thought coming in your mind is a holy thought. <laughs> amen. The devil comes in. He, he, that's right. And when that thought hit, then you, or you, and you, you, are to, you are to shield that thought. You are to arrest that thought. You are to, in the name of Jesus and you are to cast That thought out now now the thought can come in that's not that's not the sin the sin is when you let it stay there and let it fester and you meditate on it. you begin to think on it then you get you begin to play with it and all of a sudden it it sets up a root in your mind and take over your mind if you get the thought you get the you get the mind you get the man you get the woman you get the children you see, so in your relationships with, a, with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. Number two, there is a lack of workers because of rebellion. You know why there are so few workers in the kingdom of God? It's because of rebellion. Say rebellion. rebellion. Many believers know the, know the Bible instructs us to serve, but they just refuse to do it. It's not, it's not like they don't know what's right. They just don't do it. Here's a scripture, Matthew 23, 37. It says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and st- stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gather- gathers her chicks under her wings. And you, underline this, and you were not willing. You were not willing. Why Why do people not work? They just sit, they warm a pew, they sit an hour, a half, or whatever, and they go home. They go to the movies. They go eat out. They go watch a game. Nothing wrong with that, but you need to work. You need to serve. You, you're called to be active and productive in the kingdom of God. You say, but why do people not work when they know they're supposed to work? It's because of, said. Rebellion! See, y'all can't even say it. It's because of what? Rebellion. It's because of rebellion, and rebellion is evil. I'm not doing it. I'm not giving to God my ten percent. I'm not giving. I'm not coming up here and pray one hour uh, for the, in the twelve hour prayer watch. I know we. I, I know it says from six thirty in the evening to six thirty at night, and all I gotta do is choose one hour to pray. But I'm gonna stay at work, eat my lunch. And go home now so i know everybody can't but many can if they make that priority in their lives why is it that jesus made prayer a priority in his life but we as his followers won't what why is it that the word of god says my house shall be called a house of prayer and we can't make a one-hour appointment with god to come out and pray once a year During the 12-hour prayer watch. Is that asking too much? Or is it that I heard it, but I'm just not doing it? How quiet is now. Uh, Why are there so few laborers for Christ in the church and world? Number three, the love of money keeps many Christians so preoccupied with their careers and material possessions that they cannot labor for Christ. They can't work for God. They can't labor for God because of the love of money. 1 Corinthians 6.10, 1 Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, and by craving it, some have wandered away from the faith and pierce themselves with many pains. Now, money in and of itself is not evil. Stop saying money is evil. Money is not evil. Stop saying you don't need money. Yeah, you need some money. And you need more than a nickel. You need more than a dime. That's right. You, yeah, you need money. You, you, you need to tell uh, your children that too, so they can get out their pocket. Listen, I'm helping you out of this house. You need money. And I'm a I'm, I'm educating you because I want to get you off of my dime. Okay. So parents ought to be saying amen. Money in and of itself is not evil, but rather it is the what? Love of money that is the root of all kinds of evil. When people love money, they're still from their mother. When people love money, they'll prostitute themselves. When people love money they're still they'll embezzle they'll do anything when they love money nothing is too low for them to do they'll gamble because they want to win the big one they'll gamble oh it is ice cold in here now <laughs> i wish they had a gambling line so i can get my gas See, y'all slow up learning now. Y'all get... Did y'all (laughs) care? You know, some some of you, you love money. You love it, love it, love it, love it. You can't make enough of it. You got... You get this, you want that. You get this, you got that. You got one gadget, you want two. iPhone 9 come out, you want i10. i10, 10 plus. 10 plus, 11, 12, 13. Now, your 9 was working. You just... Had to have more gadgets, mobiles, and whistles. The, the system is designed to keep you wanting. Have you ever heard a commercial on television saying, be satisfied? <laughs> Use what you have and be content. I think we'll all pass out. It's all designed to leave you wanting more. And if you don't have the contentment of Christ abiding in you you will fall right into that trap how how much is enough how much will it take to satisfy you is jesus enough for you you need to write that down is he enough if he's not enough you're not going to be satisfied that's going to be more clothes more clothes more clothes some of y'all got more clothes so so many clothes in your closet you, it takes you an hour to find out what you're going to put on. You need to give some of that away. Weed it out. Now, some of you got stuff, and you say, well, I'm going to get back down to that size. And it's 10 years later. You're not going stop fooling yourself. You're not getting back down. Go and give it away. <laughs> invite me in your house so I can help you give it away. <laughs> I give it away. I give it away. I give it away. I give it Give it away. Give it away. So, you can't take it with you. Okay, we need your closet out so you can just breathe and not take, not be late getting to church because you're trying to mix and match. (laughs) Look at y'all. Oh, I stepped on some feet then. (laughs) When people love it, love money, they will do anything to get it. The money that God brings into our possession can be used to glorify him or it can be used to promote our selfish agenda. you either going to glorify God with the money and acknowledge me that everything belongs to him. Anytime God brings money into my possession, I lift it up before God. I lift it all up before God. I lift my wallet up before God. I lift the funds up before God. I lift the envelope, I lift it all before God. I say, God, this is yours. I lift a checkbook, I just put it all in there. I just put it all, you got y'all listening. I put it, I say, God, everything I got is yours. And without you, I wouldn't have nothing. Amen. God, will you show me how to use this? Will you show me how to acknowledge you first? You said seek first the kingdom of God. Father, I realize you'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings, and I'll not have room enough to receive it. Lord, help me not to cheat or shortchange
1: you. The Bible tells us to fear not, for God is with us. Be not dismayed, for he is our God. He will strengthen us. He will help us. He will uphold us with the right hand of his righteousness. We must not be afraid, nor ashamed, nor slothful. We must be bold. We must be willing. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit. God is able and he won't fail. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas or call us at 210-821-5683.